as I talk to you about all God's giants had weaknesses. All God's giants had weaknesses. And we're going to find that it's an asset and it is not a handicap. Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, the thorn in the flesh was given to me, messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Now, this is Paul's testimony. All right? Now, yours may not align with this very reason and purpose. But we can gather and gain some insights about our weakness. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, he concludes, I most gladly will rather boast in my infirmities or the area or arena of my weakness that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities. Notice now we're getting the category from which, you know, the, the weaknesses may, you know, appear. Reproaches, needs, persecutions, distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. An outline. For you see your calling, brethren, not, that not many wise according to the flesh, and not many mighty, and not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of this world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are gives a little picture of God's ways versus man's ways. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ who became for us the wisdom of God, the righteousness and sanctification and redemption. But as is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Those that quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword, and that's what I want you to notice now, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle and turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Everybody say out of weakness. Mm-hmm. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our, everybody say it, weaknesses. But was in all points tempted as we are, yet without 
sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Perhaps one of the most difficult aspects of living in this fallen world is the reality of human weakness and human frailty. Apart from sin, nothing makes us feel more exposed and at times more ashamed than the reality of our weakness. Irrespective of the category that it may be in, whether it's emotional, physical, or sometimes even in the mind. Weakness seems to tell us that we have failed, that we don't measure up, and even that we might be cursed. Weaknesses tend to be chronic in nature. Yes. While Satan wants to exploit your weakness, Christ wants to empower us. The cure for weakness is the same cure as it is for sin. It is to look outside yourself to the all-sufficient grace of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Think about it. We live in a culture that magnifies self-sufficiency. Strong is the name of the game. We love superheroes. Our fallen nature, it craves self-glory. The obsession of this strength blinds us to the key biblical truth that God uses the weak who find their strength in him. These weaknesses, they are not imaginary. It's something you live with. You have a tendency to run into them on a daily basis. But the good news this morning is... That as you tour the Bible, the featured people that God has went ahead and caused to be written about, they all had weaknesses in their lives. People who felt handicapped, reluctant to step out, to step up because of their weakness. Yes, Many of those great people were actually damaged people with some 
dilapidating issue. But the good news this morning is that God has a long history, yes, of working with people and through people who have weaknesses. Yes, he does. A God who turned weaknesses into strength by his grace's power. Think about it. People, these giants who were weak, did great things for God because they relied upon God being their strength developing, as it were, faith in the process of this development. Yes, Satan wants to exploit your weakness, but Jesus wants to empower it today. It is true that God uses our gifts, our talents, our strengths, but he also uses our weaknesses. The scripture says that he shines even more perfectly through our weaknesses. The truth of the matter is that humanity was never designed to run in human strength, but was designed to run on the divine and the supernatural strength of the almighty God. It is a great encouragement today. Have you thought of your weakness? And we'll get to what that is. But have you thought of your weakness as a door? I call it a door called weakness that you can open up and allow the strength of God to usher in and come in through that door. This morning, it's my hope that we will unlock that door, that it's okay to have insufficiencies. It's okay to have some debilitating things in your life and that your weakness is an asset and not a debility or a debit to your life. Yes, Paul, as we read, he learned, you know, to receive his thorn, this opposition, this challenging moment as a gift. He learned to see its value in his life. He learned that it had a purpose. Yes, he gives us the insight this morning, so we can have that same perspective and understanding, you know, that there is an overarching providence of God that always works evil for good. Amen? And he even uses evil people sinlessly. That's right. Take the great opposition kings. Pharaoh was one of them. For this cause I have raised you up. God was able to use, you know what I mean, this person that was, you know, 
anti-God, he was able to use him sinlessly. That's the wonderfulness of God. Yes, it baffles us, it baffles the world that God uses, you know, the lowly instead of the high and mighty, the weak instead of the strong. It says that out of weakness, they were made strong, became valiant in battle, out of weakness. When Paul writes this letter to the Corinthian church, you know, you can read about the Corinthian church and the problems that they had, but they were really quite dynamic, okay? As far as the world setting was concerned, the Corinthian church was a laughing stock of the city. They were considered weak, puny, pathetic, useless group of religious idiots. They carried no clout in the scene of the political arena or in the halls, you know what I mean, of any of the uh, realms of authority. But you know that these Christians remain steadfast and committed to Jesus Christ. And as a result, they saturated Rome with the gospel. And out of it, it paved the way for the gospel to go into all of the world. Think about it, church. Rome was the one, you know what I mean, that began to, you know, discover and make roads into all of the world. And through those roads, the gospel was able to be carried, you know, more freely and effectively. Think about it. Yes, the devil, hear me this morning, church. The devil uses the entertainment, the educational. He uses human agencies to try and belittle the church, make it look irrelevant and trivial because he knows, he knows the power and the authority that the church possesses. We got to keep her down. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. The devil. He wants you and me to think you're just a minor league player. But God says this morning, you are not a minor league player. You are a major league home run hitter. Somebody give the Lord a praise this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, yes. It is true that we all have different kinds of constitutional limitations. You know, and a lot of that is arranged, you know, through our teaching, through our upbringing, you know, through our lack of exposure or through exposure. You know, we have those limitations, disabilities, circumstantial adversities. Paul wrote about those circumstantial adversities. Yes, there's also situations and there's wounds, you know, that are keeping us prisoners and we can't remove them. That's what a weakness is. You can't remove it. What is a weakness? And we'll define it now. It's a deficiency. Oh, come on, Pastor. I didn't tell you you had a deficiency. God said you had a deficiency. <laughs> It's a lack. Think about it now. 
It's you don't have what it takes. You got limitations in your life. And you can't change it. You meet them every day. You meet it every day. If not every day, every week. Weaknesses tells you that you can be stopped. Yes. Some of the common weaknesses are inside and outside, according to the Apostle Paul. Timidity was one of them that Timothy had. Paul had to write to him and encourage him. Sometimes there's an inside despondency. The enemy loves to insult you, create hardships, persecutions, and calamities that you face, challenges. It's a deficiency. 2 Corinthians 10 and 12 and 10, Paul again. But here's what Paul said. He viewed it more important to have God's presence that the weakness brought than have it removed. Yes. See, weakness just simply means you desperately need God. It is a prevention gift. Paul said, I've got it to prevent me from getting prideful and taking, you know, the glory. It keeps me dependent. Yes, it prevents pride, but it magnifies his power. Hallelujah. Now, well, first, you don't like your weakness. You try to get rid of it. You even intercede and pray. God, change it. God, move it. See, Paul didn't at first recognize the value of his weakness. He even prayed earnestly. God, would you just get rid of this thing? I can do much better if you get rid of this. If I didn't have this hanging on me, God, there would be such, I would, wild well, look out world. No, Paul said, it's not the world I'm trying, or Jesus is saying, it's not the world I'm trying to look out for, it's you I'm trying to look out for. The world is not going to get you. You're going to get yourself. And so I'm giving you a prevention gift to keep you from pride. Now let me say here this morning, this weakness that we're talking about is not sin or imperfect behavior. That's not what he's talking about. No. Number one, you don't glory in sin. No. Now, God does have a recipe for sin and character flaws. But it's not this part of God's grace. 
Sin and character flaws are the remedy, are covered under the blood and through repentance. This weakness, you know, is made strong by the recognition of your need of God for the situation. And be it known this morning to capture this. Your weakness is not a sin. You don't have to repent of your weakness. You simply have to entreat God with regarding your weakness. Liberating. Yes, God offers grace, not forgiveness for weakness. You hear me? Some of you have prayed and some of you have just wrestled and just struggled with, you know, and God forgive me, you know what I mean? For this and that. And God says, no, that's not the recipe. Call on to me and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things that you don't know of. We all come with weaknesses and limitations. Yes, I hope this is not too outside of good theology, but Paul instructs us that we can embrace our weakness and not despise it. Being content with our weaknesses that you live with. Because your weakness, my weakness, is not a spiritual disadvantage. It is a divine opportunity. It is a door called weakness that we can open And Paul gives us that insight. Your weakness does not mean that you're at a spiritual disadvantage. Now this is important. As we venture into some of the giants. Who began. And were reluctant because they saw their weakness as a disadvantage. This is not either, you know, oh well, it's oh God. Amen? Yes, it is. Amen. He said, he said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. We are a quick fix type society. Grace is not a quick fix. No. Grace is meaning, it means that as the need arises. As the need arises. I used to want God to just let me feel this 
anointing for their service one week before I was going to preach. Finally, he got to me and said, you don't need it now. It's when you get up. That's when you need it. You know? I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't feel good, and, and there's a certain element of it, but it's as you need it, God says, I'm going to come through for you. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. And what he's talking about there is that there is a force and an ability, a mighty force. Now, listen. Your weakness is not generic. It's unique. It's individual. Your weakness is unique. Your weakness is not a design flaw. Oh, hallelujah. I know you don't like it, but it's not a design flaw. Yes. Your weakness is not a deformity or an accident. It is not the result of defeat. It is the result of design. Somebody give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. It is not a design flaw. I used to, and I'm not saying that I never do, but I used to bewail my weakness, my helplessness. Oh, you talk about an energy robber. You talk about an emotional drainer. Yeah. But when I discovered that all I had to do was open the door. Because I and you have a high priest that can be touched by your weaknesses. Things you can't change. Prayers and situations that you've interceded for. What is wrong, God? Nothing's wrong. We just become more and more dependent. That more and more of God's grace sustains us. Yes. You know, Paul 
it wasn't that he didn't have faith. It wasn't that Paul didn't have brains. It wasn't that Paul didn't have guts, pardon the word. It wasn't that Paul didn't have endurance. It wasn't that Paul didn't have work ethics. He had them. All of this, he could have praised himself. But the weakness was there so that Paul would not siphon off the glory of God. Yes, that's why it's there. It's not to make you weak. It's to make you strong in the right way and in the right one. Our sufficiency is oftentimes the thing that we look to, our achievements. It's natural for us to look away from the cross and the sufficiency of grace and to our own achievements. Yes. Remember this. It is not your weakness that's on display. It's his power. (laughs) In the devil. Oh, that rascal. Hello. He tries to get you to believe that people are just seeing your weakness. And he taunts you. Now I've said enough and watched people and I can see them struggling with their weakness. But yet I can see the overall glory. Hallelujah. And that's what God wants. To show and to shine forth. Because it's through the weakness that his glory shines the best. We would rather build God's kingdom through our gifts and not our gaps. I remember a story, an elderly preacher told, and a young preacher, actually, and the elderly preacher had gotten up and had preached a sermon. And uh, happened to be a young preacher in the audience, and so the young preacher in the audience come up to him and he says, boy, he said, you really did a good job. The older preacher says, I already know, I know that. He says, the devil already told me. Already told me I did a good job. So sometimes he'll tell you you did a good job, and the next time he'll tell you you did a terrible job. He wants to exploit your weakness. 
or he wants to take you down the same pathway that he went down. And that is, was the, was the pathway of pride. Yeah. His destiny may have been different if he would have had a weakness. Just food for thought. I'm not trying to rewrite <laughs> or anything like that. Did you know that he was crucified in weakness? There's nothing powerful about the cross until the resurrection. But it's when he takes the weakness and he resurrects it. Yes, your weakness and my weakness is a grave, not to lay in, but to be resurrected from. Oh, hallelujah. Not by your power, but by his great power and grace. Have you embraced your weakness? God does. God does. The good news for you and I and our young people, our young ministers, remember that your weakness does not foil God's plans. It simply frames his power. It frames his power. That's why Paul was saying, I'm going to take pleasure in them. He didn't just accept his weakness. He started to get just a little bit happy. <laughs> Because he knew what was coming. He knew, you know what I mean? What the end result was. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame. All because he was going to sit down at the right hand of the Father. Notice. He was crucified in weakness, but he lives by the power of God. We also are weak in him. But we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. It's not a bad thing frequently we're more aware of our weakness than we are of God's grace this morning it is my prayer 
that he come to set the captive free. Not just from sin's prison, but from our misunderstanding about our weaknesses. Let's look at some characters, the giants in the Bible. You're familiar with Moses. Moses had this feeling of inadequacy. As he stands before God, imagine. God is right there talking to him, and Moses is focused on himself. More than he is on the God who's speaking to him. Number one, he's, who am I that I should go? What is my qualifications? What is my, you know, resume that I should present to Pharaoh? He says, I don't have the right gifts. I can't speak, I never could, I never will. And even as he's talking with God and he says, Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to me. Think about that. God says, I'm going to, I'm going to be with your mouth. You know what I mean? I'm going to make you a speaker. You know, and so they're in the conversation and all of a sudden, you know, notice uh, Moses notices, well, my speech hasn't changed at all. I'm still halting. I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? I'm still just babbling. God, you just didn't come through. What you said is just not true. My speech is no different now than it was before you talked to me. You're not before Pharaoh yet. <laughs> right? He needs the speech not before God. He needs the speech before Pharaoh. How many of you know, know that he did a pretty good job once he got before Pharaoh? <laughs> Absolutely. My grace is made perfect. Simply means, you know what I mean? That it will be there at the time that you need it. That is the grace, you know, for what he has called you in that moment. He said, I'm not cut out for this. Won't you please send someone else? Not only that, he's paralyzed by comparison. Comparing others. When he says, please send someone else. I don't know who came to his mind. Probably Aaron. 
Because he said Aaron's much better. So here's, here's Aaron and here's Moses, you know what I mean? And, you know, from a student standpoint, academically, he's much better than Moses. Moses is probably just a little bit flunky, isn't he? Yeah. But God... isn't making a decision on the basis of what you are now. He's making on what you can become by the power of his grace in your life. You wouldn't have wanted to hear me in my first sermons. embarrassing I was much more energetic than I am today (laughs) you would have been attracted by you know what I mean and inspired by you know how fast I could talk and how quick I could run (laughs) I would have captured you and you would have just said oh hallelujah praise the Lord glory to God wasn't the Lord there today what did he say Well, thank God for small beginnings. (laughs) Amen? Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm great today either, but I'm slowed down, that's for sure. (laughs) Moses had passed failures that left him feel guilty. And as a result of that, you know what I mean? As a result of that, he had developed, you know what I mean, a temper. He was temper prone. Why was he temper prone? You know what I mean? Because disappointments. Disappointments had happened in his life, you know what I mean? And, you know, he was quick to strike. God is like, work with that. My grace. You know the story. So he had limitations. Then we go to the story of Gideon. Here he is. He's a lot like Moses. He's telling God the same story. I know. I mean, here he is. God's, you know, the angel of the Lord is talking face to face with him. And he's telling him, you know what I mean? Why you can't send me? And he even goes further. Listen to this. Gideon questions God's presence with him based upon the absence of miracles presently. What? You're with us? Come on. If God is with us, where are all the miracles? I know how this works. I probably used that one. I always got to go back and repent and cry. God, forgive me. I'm so wrong. 
He made wrong conclusions derived from present circumstances. Let me encourage you this morning. Don't draw concrete conclusions based upon present circumstances. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Amen? Absolutely. Gideon, I love God. He just kept working with him. I'm a nobody. I've got low self-esteem. I got deep insecurities. I doubt God and I doubt myself. If you doubted God, you know where my biggest weakness, I wouldn't say that because I wouldn't know because I better let God answer that one. But I, one I wrestle with is not with God's ability and not even my ability, but, but that I might be, how can I put it, that I'll be the failure or the weak link in the chain. And I am. But the good story of grace is that he's in that weak link. He's the one that fortifies that weak link. God have chosen the weak things. Jeremiah. He said, I can't speak. Number one, I'm too young. I'm just a child. And number three, he didn't like the message God gave him. He used that all as an argument. Queen Esther great queen she's constantly in need of encouragement and she actually is an introvert it's Mordecai that had to bring her out of her shell and get her out into the 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 palace you know functions then there's Jonah Jonah had a right theology but he lacked a heart for lost people Yeah. Dave, you've met those. The amazing thing about, about Jonah is that he turned to, in spite of his lack of love for lost people, he turned to a city of hundreds of thousands of people to God. David was so young and underage and immature and physical development that Goliath laughed at him.
as my musicians come this morning, if we could do that one, I worship you, that second to the last one or whatever, about how he is mending and healing and changing our destinies, if we could this morning. Understanding your weakness. When Paul says, I glory in my weakness, he is not, he is not saying, I get up on the pulpit and I just tell you about my weakness. I believe this is a personal thing. I don't think it's something public. You know. When he glories in it. In God's presence. He's not bewailing his weakness. He's thanking God. For that weakness. For that limitation. The strategy God always employs, and this is a two-part series and I won't finish it, but I'll give you this one. It is a pot that knows it's potter. Always employs a pot that knows it's potter. Isn't it interesting how God keeps Gideon in helplessness? Gives him all this prophetic word. Gives him this amazing mission. And he sends him out with a candle and a picture. You talk, you know, I don't have a challenge. But what God can do with little. And why he does it. So we don't siphon off the Glory. It's a prevention gift. So Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's not talking about, by and large, his arenas of giftedness. He's not talking about the arena where he shines by himself, but where Christ shines through him. God wants not great men, but weak men clinging to a great God. Clinging to a great God. 
people who are aware of their weakness, but confident in God's grace. Now, he may only give you a weak rod to do mighty things with. He may only give you a jawbone of an ass to slay the thousands. Because he not only uses weak people, he uses weak things. For my ways are not your ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways above your ways. Well, five stones in the sling. It may not seem much to you, but what you have that he's placed in your hands is mighty in God's hands. Mm. What's holding you back? It's not your strength. It's your weakness. The very thing that's holding you back is the thing that will propel you forward. Like the stone in the sling. Come on. Think with me. Samson in the jawbone. Here's the army. Swords. Armor. <laughs> Helmets. How many think that realistically a jawbone is a match for that? No, come on. when he did all those feats, they paint Samson as some mighty man. I don't know. But he did not lift those gates in human strength. He did not pull down those pillars because he was in the weight room. No. 
all by might, and all by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. He comes along to Moses. He comes along to Gideon. He comes along to David. All the giant men that he used it. And he says, you can do this. They say, no, I can't. God says, yes, you can. And they make the excuses. I got all the reasons why I can't. And God gives him all the reasons why you can. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. As you stand with me this morning. Don't let your weakness keep you from God from what God wants to do. Now this message, if I can say this one last thing, is not the popular message, nor is it the message of modern Christianity. Modern Christianity says, escape your weaknesses. But the message of the Bible is power in your weaknesses. Amen? Hallelujah. It's power in your weaknesses. And here's what's happening. And I don't mean to be negative. That when you fish with the world's bait or methods, you merely catch the world, but the world doesn't catch Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's right. Do we have that song? What is it that you might struggle with? Why aren't you doing what you feel and sense a pull to do? I don't know what it is. But I'm here to tell you that your weakness is an advantage. It's not a disadvantage. It's not a flaw. It's a design. It's a design. And outside of it not being put in God's hands, it always comes across as a weakness. But when it is placed in God's hands, it'll always come through as the power and the glory of God. It's not you, it's not me that God wants the world to see. It's Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. That's who he wants the world to see. And we, hallelujah, 
have the privilege of being the clay jars that he invests himself in. Amen. Let's sing that this morning and the Holy Spirit just, amen. Whatever you're facing, it has been continual. It's a struggle. You can't get out of it. Amen. It's a designed weakness. Amen. That the power of Christ may rest upon you, in you and through you this morning. Thank you, Lord. The good news is God's not going to let you off the hook. All right? Amen. The sooner you cave, amen, the sooner you'll be raised. Absolutely. You know, I mean, he didn't let Moses off the hook. He didn't let Gideon, Gideon off the hook. I mean, you know, he gets them through. Hallelujah. He walks them through. And finally they come out on the other side. Hallelujah. And they say, yeah, yeah, amen. I didn't get here by myself. But God got me here all along. Like a chessboard. He knows right where to place every piece. And where you're at today doesn't mean that's where you're going to be tomorrow. All right? You might look weak today, but you're going to be a king <laughs> tomorrow. Amen. Father, this morning, we thank you that you've accepted our weaknesses and now help us to likewise take advantage of our weaknesses. Help us not to despise them, but help us to frame them with the glory of God. Bless this week, bless our lives, bless our church, bless your world, bless the people in Jesus' name. Go with God because he's going with you. You're dismissed this morning in Jesus' name.